Hey, everyone. I'm so excited to share our podcast has been nominated in Boise Weekly's annual Best of Boise contest. And while it's an honor to be nominated, I have to admit it would be even more fun to win. If we've helped you connect to the city you love, go to the link in the show notes to vote for us by May 23rd. Thanks, Boise. Today on CityCast Boise, it's Friday, and I've got our Hey Boise newsletter editor, Blake Hunter, with me to sort through the week's news. We're talking a possible expansion for the Ada County Jail, Boise's mayoral candidates weighing in on recent police shootings, and the bus wants your input. Plus, where to get your COVID booster. It's Friday, September 15th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Blake. Hey, Emma. Happy Friday. Uh, I think you and we're doing the thing we've been doing for a couple weeks, warning people we don't sound good. We've yeah. all been sick over here. Yeah. Are you on the mend? Yeah, this is my great re-entry into society is right right now. I, <laughs> I have been just like, yeah, pretty under the weather. I caught something last weekend. I didn't go to anything at Pride. I went to like a very small poetry reading thing. And then I woke up on Sunday just feeling horrible. And yeah, I know that you like COVID went through your house. Mine wasn't COVID. I've heard of other people getting COVID and other illness. So there's a lot of stuff going around. Yeah, and I feel like everybody I know right now is sick, has been sick, is testing negative for COVID, having very COVIDy symptoms though. Yes. So yeah. uh, it's weird. It's a it's a weird one. But you had some info in the newsletter this week uh, that the vaccines are about to be available again, right? Yeah. So the CDC just approved um, a new updated booster. There's one from Moderna and one from Pfizer, uh, and so that rollout is happening. But uh, you know this whole rollout is going to be just different than other ones in the entire pandemic has been. We're still in a pandemic. Uh, but the public health emergency status has been stripped from this, right? So that essentially means that some insurance companies have uh, pulled back coverage. You can no longer order like free tests from the federal government. That was a program either late last year or earlier this year. But for testing, uninsured patients can still get a covid like a free COVID test if they have a COVID exposure and or symptoms. So I just want people to know that. But, you know, yeah, insurance has changed. So check with your provider. But on the vaccine front, so this new vaccine is rolling out. I called around to a few different places. Walgreens uh, looks like it's going to have the first doses in town that I was able to find. Um, appointments are actually available on Monday. And then Boise State's uh, vaccine clinic called someone there and they're hoping that their vaccines will get there on September 23rd, so another week out. And they also told me that because they're specifically their COVID vaccine program is uh, through a grant, they won't charge anyone for the vaccine, including those without insurance. So that's really good to know and it's completely open to the public. So if you're just a little unsure of where to go uh, with your insurance and how things are standing there, Check out the vaccine clinic at Boise State. They're great. When I was at Boise State, you know, I worked with them a lot. So big fans of them. And then uh, Albertsons will get theirs within like two to three weeks. So, uh, yeah, they're they're coming out. Uh, CDC recommends them for anyone over the age of six months. So 
it's pretty much just everybody go get them. And, you know, every time that there's been a booster rollout, vaccines have, they've, they've been administered less and less, right? Like fewer and fewer people are getting them, which is a little bit worrying just because we don't, you know, we don't know what the winter and fall seasons are going to look like. Yeah, this is an interesting, I, I would love if you are listening and you have clarification on this, I would love it because when we had COVID go through our house uh, a couple weeks ago, quite a few of us were testing negative, even though uh, some people were testing positive and we had all the same symptoms. So it's kind of safe to assume for whatever reason you're testing yeah. negative, but you probably have COVID. But I was telling somebody that I kept my kid home through that week uh, from school and they were like, oh, you don't have to do that anymore. Boise School District, it's up to the parent whether or not you want to isolate your kid. Uh, and I thought, well, that absolutely can't be true, right? Like, I, I really don't think that's true. So I did look it up and the Boise School District's COVID-19 guidance still says that if you test positive for COVID, you are supposed to isolate for the full 10 days of your testing positive, but you can return on day six if your symptoms have improved and uh, and also you have been fever free. So um, mm. I think that's kind of a rumor that's been going around. I heard a couple people say, oh, I don't think you have to keep your kids home anymore if they have COVID. Well, we'd love it if you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of, I mean, yes, of course, not we're not masking. Uh, it's probably going to rip through the schools uh, uh Anyway, but you're definitely not helping things if you're like, yeah, they tested positive and I sent them, I sent them to go be patient zero uh, at school yeah. anyway. So, so that is still people, if you're listening, you're still supposed to isolate for those five days, um, regardless yeah. of what uh, one of my neighbors told me. So <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And then with, with the new vaccine, like, you know, that doesn't mean that you're for sure not going to get it, but the more and more research that comes out is showing these boosters helps so much with reducing the risk of long COVID and, uh, or particularly just like the harshest symptoms of COVID. So especially going into the fall and the winter, you're going to have a better chance uh, with the booster than you are with just like being like, oh, I'm just going to get COVID again and hopefully that'll immunize me. Like that's, that's just not going to last as long. So yeah. Yeah. And long COVID, I know, I know everybody's feeling like it's just a cold out there right now, but um, one of my kids was completely asymptomatic, tested positive, and since then has had pretty severe brain fog and memory uh. issues, completely asymptomatic and is having long COVID. And if you think about getting this, I mean, that's brain damage. You're going to get this yeah. every year and get a little more brain damage. So mm -hmm. just, just, you know, something to keep in mind there. Um well, moving on, uh, we wanted to talk about this, and you mentioned that I would educate you uh, <laughs> in the newsletter that I would tell people about this, so hopefully I do a good job. But I really wanted to talk about the Ada County jail expansion. Um, Ada County commissioners uh, are asking for public input. There's a survey that you can take. We'll link that in our show notes. Um, they want to expand the Ada County jail. They say that it's super full, that they're over the over the limit lots of times um it's going to cost about 55 million dollars um and people have some pretty mixed feelings on this including me uh, i have some pretty right. strong feelings about it you've heard about this I, I noticed it was in the newsletter the other day yeah i've heard about this but it's i mean it's obviously prisons and jails are a different thing the u.s imprisons so many people like like so much more than we think. Like it's it's just part of our daily lives that we, I just don't think we've wrapped our heads around where we've landed as far as like our prison system. And so oftentimes, you know, when we're talking about throwing over $50 million at a huge jail expansion, that's something to be skeptical about, right? But then it's also people are talking about overflowing and these horrible conditions within the jail. And so 
Yeah, it's just something that I just haven't really educated myself about. So I kind of put you on the spot here. But <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm excited for people to learn about it. Yeah. Um, and I tend to defer to people I think are experts. And what I have seen on social media and um, in talking to some people who, you know, are public defenders or lawyers who work uh, within the system, uh, they are pretty skeptical of this. And, yeah. and a big reason because they say that there need to be alternative solutions to incarceration. And absolutely that like a huge number of the people in the Ada County Jail are there for nonviolent Right. drug possession. We're talking marijuana, marijuana. Yeah. possession. Yeah. Like right now, if you go and you look on the dashboard of the Ada County Jail, you can see what the top charges are. The top two for male and female are possession of controlled substance. And that's yeah. typically marijuana. Uh, according to Jane's America, Jane, hello, um, on Twitter, I saw her say that you can get busted for uh, possession of paraphernalia, which can be packaging. Uh, yeah. of anything like you went to Ontario a month ago and you still had the packaging in your car you can get busted for that so I understand that like as we grow it's sort of the intuitively like oh obviously we have to build bigger jails because we have to we're probably going to have more crime we have the lowest crime we've had since the 90s yeah so you know I, sp I spoke a couple weeks ago about how I've been helping somebody I care about through the judicial system they had gotten into some minor trouble and have been working through that. And in doing that, I have been talking to uh, quite a few public defenders and other people, other prosecutors and stuff, trying to to help them navigate this world that, like you said, I have had no um, involvement in in the past. I have no experience in this, had no idea what this world was like. And what I keep hearing repeatedly from people who are very knowledgeable is that the Ada County Prosecutor's Office tends to be very overzealous when it comes to prosecuting uh, smaller crimes uh, and trying to put people in jail. And to me, if you build a bigger bigger jail, it sounds to me like they will fill it. Uh, yeah, and if we you will build have it, this... they will come. Yeah. Yes, yes. The horrible they... inversion of that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I took the survey. These were my responses in the survey that I felt like that money could be spent in so many, you know, helping to... Uh, helping with housing costs, helping people mm -hmm. with mental health and, um, dr you know, addiction services. This money could be spent so much better. And we're we're talking about expanding the jail. So what, we can hold, you know, 10% more marijuana charges, you know, yeah. like, I think it's gross. And I don't, I don't approve of it. And Boise, I'm kind of shocked that you do. Yeah. When people may be listening to this podcast, but just, just generally, I think that a lot of like, particularly white kind of middle class-ish Boiseans might be surprised to, to hear that marijuana possession charges or paraphernalia charges are kind of, you know, among the top or the top charges uh, that are levied against people. And the difference is if you're like, hmm, I don't know anyone who does like who has been charged with that, but I know a bunch of people who smoke. A lot of the difference is poverty and mm -hmm. also like, you know, race as well. And so it's it's such a difficult area where it's just like, well, that's the difference. And it's funny that, you know, driving all the way to Ontario for a lot of people is more accessible than other mental health resources, than other absolutely. mental health treatment and like medication and things like that. On that front, of course, I absolutely agree with you that maybe just maybe there's a better way to spend $55 million than to uh, just make the jail get bigger so that then in 10 or 15 years, we can do this again, you know, because there's, there's, it, this just gets escalated. And so I'm wondering, yeah, if there are ways that we can kind of step off this escalator here. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, we hear uh, over and over again about, you know, the the BPD budget is the biggest part of our annual budget for the by city. Far. By, by far. far. Yeah. By far. And it makes me think of how West Ada Schools just asked for money uh, a couple, like what, a month ago, mm-hmm. just said, hey, we need this uh, levy passed. We need money for these schools got shot down. I don't know what they're going to do, but then what? You're going to turn around and and spend an extra 50 million on jails? Are we like are we that sick, Boise? Are yeah. we I'm I'm looking at Boise Dev had kind of a breakdown of some of these survey responses that they've had so far and 67% said they were very supportive of yeah. the sheriff's office addressing the jail. And I think that, you know, the numbers for funding education in West Data were significantly lower than that. And I just think that's so dystopian. Yeah, let, let, yeah, literally, it's dystopian. Let's just zoom out a little bit and be like, what will a culture 50 years from now or even right now be able to read into what we value as a society when we see that that's our voting pattern? And yeah. especially, like you said, we have historically low crime rates. It's not like we're trying to like, we have this wild influx of something bad happening that we're trying to stamp down with law enforcement. No, that's not what's happening. Well, if you if you also feel this way or however you feel, I suppose, go take the survey. But uh, especially since right now, the the um, seems to be leaning towards supporting the jail. Um, everyone on Nextdoor apparently took this survey and felt like <laughs> we, we need to lock up more teenagers for s- smoking weed on the corner. So. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go take that survey. I think it's a I think it really is a bigger part of a bigger conversation about what kind of city we want to be. Absolutely. And where we want to spend our money for sure. Uh, speaking of uh, where we're spending our money, um, Boise Dev, again, shouting them out again, but they had Margaret Carmel, friend of the show, such an amazing reporter. She just did this deep dive, um, which I, I just think that this is so amazing that this is getting this much coverage. But on all of the mayoral candidates, uh, where what how they feel about the recent uh, police shootings and the accountability that BPD is taking. What was your take on this? Yeah, I really like this deep dive. And it's it's a little bit, you know, we're what, like seven, seven weeks out from the election now. And I mean, policing is truly the only thing that we're talking about with this mayoral election. So I mean, I think that this is well, well used time to be uh, diving into this. And I guess policing isn't the only one. Of course, we're going to talk about housing and stuff. But that is the main distinguishing factor between, you know, Mike Masterson, this former police chief, stepping forward to challenge Mayor Lauren McLean. So uh, who has been, you know, that, you know, the police union doesn't think that she's been supportive of police, but she certainly has been on paper as far as budgets and things like that. And then, of course, what they're talking about, uh, her being critical of police it was uh, an investigation into white supremacy. So, but I thought that this investigative piece kind of diving into each of the three mayoral candidates' thoughts on these shootings was really interesting. You know, it, it's it's hard to read about police shootings, but I I appreciate that this article starts with like a, a rundown of each of these. Um, I think that that's important. I think that we shouldn't forget about that because there are two months in 2023 where we've had two. Uh, so there have been six police shootings that have involved Boise police officers this year so far, and we're only in September. One of the officers, his second shooting in yes. two, in seven months. I mean, how mm-hmm. shocking was that to read that 
this uh, cop has shot two people in seven months. Two of them. Two of them. Two of them, that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so one of them, second shooting in seven months, another one of the officers, second shooting in three months. Yes. um, Which is... It's interesting because we have talked a lot about how the findings from that outside firm, one of the things that they found was that no one in 10 years has flunked out of yeah. cop school here mm-hmm. in Boise. Nobody yep. has has been like, yeah, you're probably not going to make a great cop. Never mind. Go be a security guard somewhere. Like if yeah. you go to the police academy in Boise, you pretty much are uh, guaranteed in. a badge and a gun. And yeah. here you see the aftermath of that is these cops who have shot multiple people in a year. I mean, obviously, Mike Masterson, former chief of police, his support of uh, BPD, not a, not a surprise. He's, you know, saying he wants more accountability, but he thinks that, you know, it's more like a public issue that there's mental health stuff that's and substance abuse stuff that's in, in, you know, causing that to happen more with police instead of it being like this, the police are doing this more. It's apparently the community that's causing it, which I don't care for that answer myself uh, if I'm reading that correctly. Yeah. I mean, I think that you know, we've talked about this before. Everybody has has thoughts about police, like truly, like everybody has pretty deep perspectives about police um, and ways that they want them to be treated and, and that kind of thing. But I think that if you just take a step back from that and think about they're by far the largest funded like public group in Boise and they have guns. We should be looking at this. Like we should really be digging into this. And so, yeah, of course, Masterson, you know, the police and, and people who support police are really his bread and butter for building his campaign. Like, that's his foundation that he's running on. And like you, I have a really hard time with people saying, well, it's because we have a mental health crisis. Well, we should divert more money to mental health crisis uh, support, you know, and behavioral health support and that kind of thing, rather than, um, you know, we need to be providing people in our community with the resources that they actually need with people who are trained to respond to those things. And if you if it's your perspective that then police can respond to what they actually need to respond to, that's great. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that that was his response to this. I, this is kind of shifting gears, but I wanted to ask you uh, what you thought about him returning that money. Yeah. You, you talked about it in the newsletter. Yeah. Um, so, and he, yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, so basically... Um, Boise Pride was nice and quiet this year. There were a couple protesters with some uh, characteristically ugly and very funny signs. I thought they were funny. Uh, I understand if some people don't. Um, But there were just a few protesters. Uh, And then there's a plane uh, that was flown over downtown Boise and kind of around. The origins of which are very fun to travel down a rabbit hole on Twitter, I guess now known as X. But it just said it was it was a homophobic message on that was flown behind the plane on a banner. Which is a very specifically Boise Pride thing. I feel like it's almost become part of it. I also, yes. it's so hard to read for the first two years. I thought that it was something to do with Pride because it says yeah. rainbow something yeah. God. And you're like, cool, thumbs yeah. up. Yeah. But then it turns out the guy is a total homophobe flying yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, and so uh, someone who is actually a former um, 
College of Western Idaho Board of Trustees candidate posted on X uh, like a photo of it and called Pride uh, Filth Fest mm-hmm. and said that, you know, that's what's happening. Which actually sounds like a fabulous thing to go yeah, to. Yeah, I'm like, well, maybe we should start a filth fest. <laughs> Ooh, um, so like October is filth fest month? Yeah. Because I, I mean, would like, definitely go I'm to down. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, CityCast Boise team will be I'm there. emceeing actually yeah, the whole thing. Um, and so there, yeah, there's this plane and he posted a photo of it kind of, yeah, celebrating it, louding it. And Mayor Lauren McLean's uh, campaign manager posted and pointed out that this person who posted uh, about the, the plane had donated $100 to Mike Masterson's campaign. Uh, he found about, uh, out about that Monday evening, he said, and then he returned it, the $100 on Tuesday, which, uh, you know, of course I appreciate it. I think that that was also just politically, like, let's just call it what it is. Like, that was a smart move. Like, that would have just he yeah, would have honestly, just totally shot himself in the foot if he hadn't done that. Kind of backfired for McLean's campaign, uh, at least on social media from what I saw, because people were like, oh, I wasn't really that into Masterson before. But now that I saw that he gave this hundred dollars yeah. back, I actually feel like he's maybe a good person. And Yeah, I mean, I think it, it makes sense that he returned it. He said, you know, I've I'm not going to run on any platform other than one that like opposes discrimination, which actually uh I didn't realize, but he, I read somewhere that he actually um, spoke, testified at the Idaho State Legislature in support of Add the Words in 2015, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Has been a little mom on pride, though, right? Like, has been a little mom Has on been pride. directly asked, do you mm-hmm. support pride? Would you support the city continuing to fund and be a part of uh, pride yeah. in Idaho? Pretty quiet on that, yeah. right? Which, which to me is telling. I mean, we just had recently had a conversation with comedian Sophie Hughes about queer safety in Boise, and the last two Boise mayors, maybe longer than that, I'm not sure, but the last two Boise mayors have been very publicly attended Boise Pride every year, been part of it, uh, and so, you know, if Mike Masterson didn't, that would be very telling. Like that would really be point at that and be like, this is why, this is why we're not feeling good. Obviously that's not the cause of it, but it's one of the symptoms. All right. We got to wrap up here, but speaking of another survey, uh, people can take, and this is the last day, right? For people to weigh in on the VRT survey. Yeah. So, um, former city council member, uh, Elaine Clegg transitioned over to Valley Regional Transit, which is like our bus authority here in the Treasure Valley. And since she did that, since she made that transition, Uh, Like in March, they've been rolling out this better bus initiative. So really trying to revamp uh, busing in Boise and trying to just make it so that more people are getting on buses. It's more user friendly. uh, And so a big part of that is rather than having more routes that run less frequently, they're condensing it down to running fewer routes more frequently. And so there's been a lot of stages to this process. And this is really one of the final times that people can weigh in on it. Uh, they've got a really well outlined, I think really well outlined, like redesign proposal that people should check out. And yeah, that um, comment period closes tonight. And then in very early October, in just a couple of weeks, they're going to make their final decisions about it. So, I mean, yeah, hooray for maybe some more busing opportunities in Boise. I hope that this is a good start to really adding on to the Valley's uh, public transportation infrastructure. Yeah, I think that this is great. And, um, you know, I, even if you don't ride the bus, 
maybe take a look at the survey and and check it out just because there could be options open to you that mm-hmm. you don't even realize that you can you can weigh in on. So, totally. you know, that's that's the whole point of this is trying to get people who maybe hadn't considered it. We're trying they're trying to get cars off the road yeah. and and you know, the more interest you show in our transit system, the more money hopefully they'll throw yeah. at it instead of jails, you uh, know. If you build it, they'll come to the buses. Yeah. Yes, to the buses <laughs> instead. Yeah. Uh, all right, Blake, well, uh stay stay healthy out there this next yeah. week. Try not to catch anything else and I I will see you next Friday. All right. See you, Emma. Thank you. One more thing before we sign off. Right after we recorded our conversation, our pal Ian Max Stevenson at the Idaho Statesman reported that voters will now get a chance to decide whether to send more funding to the jail. The Ada County Commission just called a bond election to raise $49 million for expanded space for laundry, kitchen, and more. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. The show is produced by Frankie Barnhill, Evelyn Avitia, Lizzie Goldsmith, and me, Emma Arnold. Blake Hunter writes our Hey Boise newsletter with editing this week from Adrian Gonzalez and Brian Vance. And our music is by Up Is The Down Is The. If you enjoyed our show today, leave us a review. It helps other people find us. We'll be back Monday with more stories from around the city. Bye. Bye.